Day 8 of Totus Tuus' Novena to Mary, Mother of Our Faith With Papa Francisco's encyclical, Lumen Fidei, The Light of Faith In presenting the story of the patriarchs and the righteous of the Old Testament, the letter to the Hebrews highlights an essential aspect of their faith. It is configured not only as a pathway, but also as the construction the preparation of a place in which man can dwell together with others. The first builder was Noah, who, in the ark, succeeded in saving his family. Next came Abraham, of whom it is said that, by faith, he dwelt in tents, waiting for the city with firm foundations. From faith flows a new reliability, a new firmness, which only God can give. If the man of faith rests on the God, Amen, on the faithful God, and thus becomes firm himself, we can add that the firmness of faith also refers to the city that God has prepared for man. Faith reveals just how firm the bonds between men can be when God is rendered present in the midst of them. Faith not only evokes an interior solidity, a stable conviction of the believer, it also illuminates the relations between men, because it is born of love and follows the dynamic of God's love. Trustworthy God gives to man a trustworthy city. Precisely thanks to its connection with love, the light of faith is placed at the concrete service of justice, law and peace. Faith is born of the encounter with the original love of God, in which the meaning and goodness of our life appears. This is illuminated in the measure to which it enters into the dynamism opened by this love, inasmuch as it becomes pathway and practice towards the fullness of love. The light of faith is able to enhance the richness of human relationships, their capacity to endure, to be trustworthy, to enrich communal life. Faith does not distance itself from the world and does not remain a stranger to concrete commitment to our contemporaries. Without a reliable love, nothing can keep men truly united. Unity between them would only be conceivable as founded upon utility, upon composition of interests upon fear, but not upon the goodness of living together, not upon the joy which the simple presence of another can excite. Faith makes one understand the architecture of human relations, because it grasps its ultimate foundation and definitive destiny in God, in His love, and so illuminates the art of the construction, becoming a service to the common good. Yes. Faith is a good for everyone, is a common good. Its light illuminates not only the interior of the church, but serves uniquely to build an eternal city in the afterlife. It helps us to build our society in a way that walks towards a future of hope. The letter to the Hebrews offers an example of this when, among the men of faith, it cites Samuel and David, whose faith permitted them to exercise justice. The expression refers here to their justice in governing, 
to that wisdom which brings peace to the people. The hands of faith are raised towards heaven, but at the same time, in charity, they edify a city built on relations in which God's love is the foundation. On Abraham's pathway towards the future city, the letter to the Hebrews alludes to the blessing which is transmitted from father to son. The first setting in which faith illuminates the city of men is thus found in the family. I am thinking above all of the stable union of man and woman in marriage. It is born of their love, sign and presence of God's love, of the recognition and acceptance of the goodness of sexual difference, in which the spouses can unite in one flesh and are capable of begetting a new life. Manifestation of the Creator's goodness, of His wisdom and His design of love. Founded on this love, man and woman can promise each other mutual love with a gesture that involves all their life and which recalls so many aspects of faith. To promise a love that will be forever is possible when we discover a design greater than our own projects which sustains us and allows us to give the whole future to the person loved. Faith then helps us to grasp in all its depth and richness the generation of children, since it makes us recognize in it the Creator love who gives us and entrusts to us the mystery of a new person. It was thus that Sarah, through her faith, became a mother, counting on the faithfulness of God to his promise. In the family, faith accompanies all the stages of life starting with childhood. Children learn to trust in the love of their parents. This is why it is important that parents cultivate in the family common practices of the faith, which accompany the maturation of the faith of their children. Above all, young people who go through a stage of life so complex, rich and important for their faith must feel the closeness and attention of the family and of the ecclesial community on their pathway of growth in faith. We have all seen how, at the World Youth Days, young people show the joy of faith, the commitment to live a faith that is always firmer and more generous. Young people have the desire for a great life, the encounter with Christ, letting oneself be caught and guided by his love, widens the horizon of existence, gives it a solid hope which does not disappoint. Faith is not a refuge for people without courage but the expansion of life. It makes one discover a great call, the vocation to love, and assures one that this love is trustworthy, that it is worth surrendering oneself to it, because its foundation is found in God's faithfulness, stronger than our every fragility. Assimilated and deepened in the family, Faith becomes the light to illuminate all social relations. As the experience of the paternity of God and of the mercy of God, it then expands on the fraternal pathway. In modernity, universal fraternity has sought to be constructed among men based on their equality. Little by little, however, we have understood that this fraternity, deprived of reference to a common father as its ultimate foundation,
fails to exist. Thus it is necessary to return to the true root of fraternity. The history of faith since its beginning has been a history of fraternity, albeit not without conflict. God calls Abraham to leave his country and promises to make of him one great nation, a great people, on whom rests the divine blessing. In the course of the history of salvation, man discovers that God wants to make everyone participate as brothers in this unique blessing, which finds its fullness in Jesus, so that all may be one. The inexhaustible love of the Father is communicated to us in Jesus, also through the presence of our brother. Faith teaches us to see that in each man there is a blessing for me, that the light of God's face illuminates me through my brother's face. How many benefits has the gaze of Christian faith brought to the city of men for their life in common? Thanks to faith, we have understood the unique dignity of each person, which was not so evident in the ancient world. In the second century, the pagan Celsus reproached Christians for what seemed to him an illusion and deception, to think that God had created the world for man, placing him at the pinnacle of the whole of the cosmos. Hence he asked, Why pretend that grass grows for men, and not rather for the wildest animals without reason? If we look at the earth from the heights of the sky, what difference do our activities offer to that of the ants and bees? At the centre of biblical faith is the love of God, his concrete care for each person, his design of salvation which embraces all humanity and the entire creation, and which reaches its summit in the incarnation, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When this reality gets to be obscured, the criterion gets lost for distinguishing that which renders the life of man precious and unique. Man loses his place in the universe, he goes astray in nature, renouncing his own moral responsibility, or he pretends to be absolute arbiter, attributing to himself a power of manipulation without limits. Faith, moreover, in revealing to us the love of God the Creator, makes us respect nature all the more, by making us recognize in it a grammar written by Him, and a dwelling place entrusted to us to be cultivated and guarded. It helps us to find models of development which are not based solely on utility and profit, but which consider the creation as a gift, for which we are all debtors. It teaches us to identify just forms of government, recognizing that authority comes from God so as to be at the service of the common good. Faith also affirms the possibility of forgiveness, which very often needs time, effort, patience and commitment. Forgiveness is possible if one discovers that good is always more original and stronger than evil, that the word with which God affirms our life is deeper than all our negations. Furthermore, from a purely anthropological point of view, unity is superior to conflict. We must also take on the conflict, but the living of it must lead us to resolving it, overcoming it, 
transforming it into a link of a chain, in development towards unity. When faith diminishes, there is the risk that even the foundations of life diminish. As the poet T.S. Eliot warned, Do you need to be told that even those modest attainments, as you can boast in the way of polite society, will hardly survive the faith to which they owe their significance? If we take away faith in God from our cities, trust between us will fade away. We will hold together only through fear, and stability will be threatened. The letter to the Hebrews affirms, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The expression, not ashamed, is associated with a public recognition. It means that God confesses publicly, with his concrete action, his presence among us, his desire to render firm the relations between men. Are we perhaps ashamed to call God our God? Are we not confessing him as such in our public life? Are we not proposing the grandeur of the life in common which he renders possible? Faith illuminates life and society. It possesses a creative light for each new moment of history, because it situates all events in relation to the origin and destiny of all things in the Father who loves us. To Mary, Mother of the Church and Mother of our Faith, we turn in prayer. O Mother, help our faith. Open our listening to the Word, so that we may recognize the voice of God and His call. Awaken in us the desire to follow His steps, going forth from our own land and welcoming His promise. Help us to let ourselves be touched by his love, so that we may touch him with faith. Help us to entrust ourselves fully to him, to believe in his love, above all in moments of tribulation and of the cross, when our faith is called to mature. So in our faith, the joy of the risen one, remind us that the one who believes is never alone. Teach us to look with the eyes of Jesus, that he may be light on our pathway. And may this light of faith always grow in us, until we arrive at that day without sunset, which is Christ himself, your Son, our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.